Good morning, friends. I'm so glad you could be with me today as we're in God's Word together in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We're in the midst of a study of First John, that first epistle of John. We're in the third chapter now. Yesterday, we began to look at verses 16 to 18, and I'd like to continue doing that today. Let me read those verses to you. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, and yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. These verses have been giving us insight into Christ's example of love. And the word love in these verses, and in the preceding verses, by the way, is the Greek word agape, which is a particular type of love. It is a selflessness. It is a love as defined in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. The point of being made in these verses to start with is this, that if we really want to understand what agape love is, what God is calling for us to express to other people, and particularly toward other believers, the best way to get a hold of it is to look at Christ and to look at the example of what Christ has presented to us. Because as we look to him, look at his example, we will understand the essence of what agape is supposed to do in our lives. By the way, as I stressed yesterday, the issue isn't for you in your own mind to conjecture what Jesus would do in certain circumstances. No, we look at the Word, because that's the only way we would know what Jesus would do. And we see in the Word that Jesus always acted in accord with the Scriptures, in accord with God's ways and God's laws. And therefore, agape is the implementation of a biblical response always to people. Putting people's needs above our own, yes, but responding to them in a way in accord with God's purposes. Not everything that people call loving is in fact agape love. Uh, God defines it, but it's in the word, not our conjecture that we discover it. I also answered yesterday, and we'll use that as a bridge to look at it today, that Jesus Christ, while his life is a clear example to us of what it means to show agape love, he did not primarily come into this world to give us an example to follow, although his example is a good example. He didn't come into the world for that reason because you and I, even with his example, could never follow it adequately in order to find acceptance with God, in order to solve our sin problem. No, Jesus Christ came into this world to die for us, to solve our sin problem, not just to give us another picture of morality, but he came into this world to die for us. And it's that giving of his life on our behalf that lies at the very heart of what agape love is all about. In John 10, verse 11, the Gospel of John, Jesus puts it this way, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Yesterday, we began to look at what this is all about, this laying down his life for the sheep. The backdrop to that discussion in those verses is the contrast that was being drawn with Cain. You remember Cain, rebelling against God, trying to come to God in his own way, found that God did not accept what he did. And instead of repenting and coming to God, God's way, 
he became angry at God and then ultimately angry at his brother Abel, who did come to God God's way and therefore found acceptance. And in that anger, he ended up taking Abel's life. Now, do you see the amazing contrast being developed in these verses? True agape is the giving of one's life. (laughs) The lack of true agape, and certainly the lack of being right with God, leads to the taking of life. The giving or the taking. What a dynamic lesson we encounter here. Now, what does it mean here that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us? Well, we already know that certainly he went to the cross. He died on the cross for us. But if it was solely just the breaking of his body, so that his body died, the Greek word translated life here would be soma, which means physical body. But instead, the word translated from the Greek life is psyche, which means it includes our physical body, but it also includes our emotional life, it includes our mental life, it includes the entire person, inner and outer. When Jesus Christ laid down his life at the cross, he gave his life, in other words, for our sin. He laid down at the cross his whole self, not just his body, but his emotions, his heart, It was a total person, inner and outer, sort of sacrifice for our sins. A rich and deeper word than merely the giving of life, although that in itself would be wonderful and adequate to pay for sin. I was thinking of how Isaiah chapter 53, which is talking about the suffering servant, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ as our suffering servant Messiah, that particular chapter develops some more of what God means here by psyche. Listen to these verses in verse 10 and 11 of Isaiah 53. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him, meaning Jesus Christ. He has put him to grief. And when his soul makes an offering for guilt, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days and the will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. For out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. Do you see those terminologies there? Crushing him, grief, an offering for guilt, anguish of the soul. We don't understand all that that means, but brothers and sisters, we better understand this, that Jesus gave everything in order to bring about salvation for you and for me. And God calls for us to understand that and in gratitude to rejoice in it and to appreciate the costly gift, the indescribable gift, as Second Corinthians chapter 9 puts it, the indescribable gift of the Lord Jesus Christ on our behalf. You and I, in keeping with these verses, begin to, as children of God, show agape love for other people when we choose to put their needs above our own. Agape love, by its very nature, moves us away from self-interest into servanthood and putting the needs of other people above our own. True agape love moves us to reach out to those in need. (laughs) The Lord Jesus, in seeing us, saw a need. 
There was none righteous. No, not one. Everyone was separated from God from sin and hopeless in that situation. And yet, while we were yet sinners, as Romans 5, 8 puts it, God sent his son to die for us. Agape, moving within to reach out to those in need. You and I were in need. We, in coming to the Lord Jesus Christ, the scripture tells us that God poured the Holy Spirit into our hearts. He has given us his love. He has poured our, his love into us through the Holy Spirit's presence. We have agape within. Those who truly know Christ, and this is part of the point of this passage, those who truly know Christ cannot have agape within them without also feeling the inner impulse to reach out in agape love to those that have need, particularly the brothers and sisters in Christ. But brother, understand, you and I as redeemed children of God can choose to resist what God is doing within us. That's why the Christian life is a battle between the spirit and the flesh. We can choose to squelch the movement of agape. This reality explains verses 17 and 18, where it says, If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let's not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. <laughs> you see, the expression, the proof of that presence of agape in the life of the redeemed believer is seen in how they respond to brothers and sisters in need. A very practical picture. Are we acting on what God has done within us in the way we deal with brothers and sisters in Christ? Those who have not found Christ will not feel agape toward needy brothers and sisters in Christ because they're not brothers and sisters to them. But for those that have found Christ, God says, I am working within you to move you to selflessness and a desire to help. But he won't force us to do it. And so the command is there to help. Well, join me tomorrow as we finish looking at these verses 16 to 18 and understand the implication here for us in acting in agape love toward brothers and sisters in need. Join me then, won't you? God bless.